Hi, you're listening to a podcast brought to you by the teaching team at New Life in North Lincolnshire. New Life is committed to helping transform people and transform places through the love and power of Jesus Christ. We hope you, in some small way, will be blessed and transformed by this message. Well, good morning. My Bible was so big, it didn't fit on the stand, so we have to get a new one. Um, those of you that don't know me, I am Elena. Um, I am the children's pastor here at New Life and part of the leadership team. Um, and just to get the elephant out of the room, I have a stall which I don't normally have because I've been helping out at Friday night on, uh, no, at youth on a Friday night. And uh, we have to move chairs out of the way on Friday nights to make it happen. Um, and I didn't use the equipment properly and let a sack of chairs fall on my foot. So it's not broken, it's fine. It's just a little bit bruised. So instead of me hobbling around the stage, I thought I'd have a stool so that you're not distracted by my hobbling. I don't know how to preach sitting down, so this will be fun for all of us. Um, But when I um, get up to preach, inevitably, there's always someone that comes and says, I love it when you preach, Elena. You make me laugh a lot, or you always make me cry, and I don't know whether to take that as a good thing or or a bad thing. But there are three things that I can guarantee will happen whilst I'm preaching. The first one is I'll use a fun anecdote to get us going. It'll be fun, it'll maybe make you laugh, or make you smile, or think, oh, she's just like me. Um, She's not so strange after all. Or maybe you think... The opposite. Um, The second thing is you can almost guarantee that there'll be tears of some variety, either from me or from one of you. So I've come prepared with my tissues. And uh, the third thing is that it will be unashamedly full of Jesus because that is the only reason that I do what I do. Um, So let's get started with the fun anecdote, shall we? Um, So, over the last few years, um, so I had my little girl in December 2019, then we went into lockdown in March 2020, and sort of, we we bought an exercise bike to try and keep movement happening, because you're only allowed to go out for an hour a day or something. Was that what it was? It feels like a fever dream that happened a long time ago. And, uh, but then when everything sort of started to open up, I said to Dan, oh, I think I need to join the gym. Like, not only did I have a baby but like lockdown weight has crept in and uh, maybe I was the only one but I was feeling a bit like I need to get moving again so I started attending a gym in Scunthorpe I'm not going to tell you which one it was Um, but I was going there for two years and only attending classes so I was attending uh, different classes uh, Zumba classes which is like a dance class I was attending weight classes I attended boxing classes and uh, I was going for nearly two years and nobody knew my name not a single person and I had the same instructor every single time and he still he he asked my name once and you know that obvious moment where you're like oh they've definitely forgotten my name because I walk in and they go oh hi (laughs) And that's all you get from them because we now can't engage in a conversation because it become obvious he doesn't know my name. We've all been there. It's happened to all of us. Um, so I kind of felt a bit disheartened because I'm, I'm going and there's this community of people and I'm really community focused. I need people around me. And I was feeling a little bit like, oh, I know that I'm working out and it's good for my body, but like... 
the same exercise is good for your mind, and I need good people around me to make exercise work for me. And I always find it really tough. In fact, there was a few times I'd come home crying, because I was just a bit like, oh, I don't feel like this is worth it. Go back to October 2022, and a friend from New Life, I was out for coffee with her, and I said to her, you look amazing. What have you been doing? She said, oh, I've been going to this CrossFit ladies' gym in Messingham. And I was like, oh, do you think that I could maybe have a see what it's like and she's like it's hard work but yeah absolutely so I was like okay walked in there's only ever four of us in a room and the instructor and I walked in and she knew my name straight away she remembered what my little girl was called she remembered something about me and in fact every time I've been she's remembered my name she's introduced me to the other girls in the class I say girls women like some of them are 70 and they're absolutely smashing these weights and I'm like, I want to be you when I'm older. And, uh, and suddenly I feel like I've become part of this community and I really enjoy it. And after four months of being there, five months of being there, I feel like I belong there more than I ever did at the other gym that was there for two years. And I was like, I'd rather pay the price to somewhere that I feel included and known and like I belong than go somewhere that's a little bit cheaper, but I just don't feel like anybody really cares. And I felt like I was just a number at one gym, whereas I feel known at the gym that I'm going now. So what's the moral of this story? We all need to go to the gym. No, I'm joking. That's not for everybody. It's not everybody's thing. Um, but actually, all of us want to feel known. All of us want to feel like somebody cares. And absolutely, we should. So what about the church? Everyone's going, anyone that's been here longer than five minutes is going, oh, knew where she was going with that one. We'll see if I can throw a curveball in a little bit later. But what about the church? You come to New Life Church. There are lots of other churches that you can attend. There are lots of other churches across the world. What about New Life Church? Do you feel like you belong here? Do you feel like you are loved? Do you feel known? Do you feel like this is somewhere that you want to be? In fact, one of the things I love about New Life Church, and me and Dan will have been here six years on the 1st of March, and it uh, feels like we've been here forever. Some of you might be feeling the same. Oh, gosh, they have been here a long time. Oh, dear. Um, but the, one of the first things I remember coming in was that I could not get to my seat without at least three people trying to hug me. It was like, oh, oh, you, you want a hug? Oh, we're having handshakes as well. Oh, this is a really friendly bunch. If you have managed to get in and out of new life without someone hugging you, high-fiving you, or giving you a handshake, you are a ninja. Because it is hard. The hospitality team are in bright orange. So they're the ones that you can kind of dodge because I can see them coming. But it's the sly ones that come in and just go, oh, it's nice to meet you. And they grab hold of you really quickly. And I love that, honestly. And if you're not a hugger, you can always say to someone, please don't hug me, high five is fine, or a handshake is okay, or actually just a smile. But it's really hard to get in and out of this building without somebody stopping you. 
And hopefully, that helps to contribute to the feeling of belonging. It helps to contribute to the feeling of, oh, they've remembered my name. Any parent here in the church will know that I'm really good at remembering the kids' names, not so good at remembering parents' names, so I am sorry for that. I am getting better at it. But remembering the kids' names, I work really hard at that because there's like 40 of them that come regularly, and I'm like, oh, good morning, Reuben, good morning, David. And they're all going, she knows my name, and suddenly they feel like they belong. But it's not enough just to belong to the church. The church is great, but it's not enough. So 1 Corinthians 12, I'm going to read to you from my massive Bible. A a proper paper Bible. Some of you will be really glad to see that. But 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 says this. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptised by one spirit, so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we are all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. But in fact, this is verse 18, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were on all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. And it goes on to say that Christ is the head of the body. You can read that whole thing, 12 to 27, in 1 Corinthians 12, if you want to. Um, And so you may have heard, if you've been in church for a little while, the People talk about, we're all different. We all bring different things. We're all different parts of the body. The body needs its fingers and its toes and its uh, shoulder and its kneecap and and all that sort of thing. We need all of the differences that the church brings, all of the different backgrounds, different cultures, different giftings, different talents, absolutely. But the body can't function without the head. Otherwise, we end up with what I call the chicken run effect headless chicken where the body can still run around for a bit but it's got no purpose it doesn't know what it's doing until it has its head now obviously you can't reattach the head I was in the supermarket the other day with Abigail and we're walking down we don't eat meat in our house and we're walking down the chicken aisle and she goes mummy what has happened to that chicken I said, oh, baby, some people like to eat chickens. We're really honest with her, okay? Really honest. I said, some people like to eat chicken. She went, where did its feathers go? Oh, they took the feathers off it. She's like, well, that wasn't very kind. No, but you can't eat a chicken with feathers on. Mummy, where's its head gone? (laughs) Guys, those of you that eat chicken, you now have to explain to my daughter why there are headless chickens down the aisle of Tesco, okay? Because she's watched Chicken Run. And she's like, why are they putting the chickens in the pies? I don't understand. I don't like gravy. Anyway, you'll only understand that if you've watched Chicken Run. If you've not watched Chicken Run, do it. It is a classic, guys. It's great. But the body can't function without the head. You see, we can do a lot of good stuff. As the body, as the church, we can do a lot of good stuff. We heard last week about gifted. Gifted is a good thing for us to do. But without Jesus, we could just leave it to other organisations in our town. 
because they may have people that have got different expertise or have trained for longer or maybe they have a more expansive building maybe like the lighthouse there are lots of other housing helps in our town what's the difference between us and them Jesus what about the toddler group that we run on a Monday? You might not know that we run a toddler group. It's going really well. My good friend June helps me out on a Monday at toddler group. We have up to 25 toddlers running around in the green room with their parents as well. Why would I put all that work, why would we put all that work into that room to make it inviting and have parents come back week after week if it's just another toddler group? The difference between us and other ones that run in the town is that ours is filled with Jesus to the brim. The room is prayed over. The toys are prayed over. The snack is prayed over. Jesus is in the room. The head is attached to the body. What about a Sunday gathering? It's great to be here together. We enjoy being here together. But we could gather somewhere else. We could all go down to the rugby club on a Sunday. We could all put on Scunthorpe United shirts and go and sing in the grounds down there. I don't know what songs we sing, but uh, up the iron, there we go. We, we could all meet at Costa for a hot chocolate and a baked good. There are other coffee shops available. But the difference between us just gathering and being together and us gathering here in this building the way that we do, that we sing worship songs, that we look after one another we have communion together the difference is that Jesus is at the center of it that we aren't just a body doing its own thing we have Jesus with us guiding us we are listening to him and what he has to say to us growing up there was a really um famous quote that went round for a long time and my youth pastor loved to say this all the time the local church is the hope of the world. It's not. Jesus is the hope of the world, and the local church is the vessel he chooses to use. Because without Jesus, why, we, why would we bother? What, you know, we can do lots of good stuff, or we could leave it to someone else. There are lots of other places doing good stuff. But Jesus is the hope of the world. Through him, people find life. Through him, people find hope. Through him, people find freedom and healing. Jesus is the hope of the world. And we get to be part of that. But in the Western world, or certainly in the UK, we are quite good at separating the head from the body. We're quite good at kind of going... Well, there's lots of good stuff for us to do. Is it a Jesus thing? Oh, we'll just, it's okay, we'll just do it. It's fine. And sometimes we forget to attach the head to the body. Now, if you're a graphic thinker like me, you'll be going, oh, Elena, what have you done to me? I've got headless bodies in my brain. I'm very sorry. But why do we do what we do? Why should we carry on? doing what we do? Why should we turn up on a Sunday morning when we're exhausted? Why should we run a toddler group when back in September there were six families turning up every week? Why do we do what we do? Because Jesus is the hope of the world and the church is the way they find Jesus or should be 
one of the easiest ways for people to find Jesus. But here's maybe the curveball to my message this morning. If our identity and our sense of belonging is only in the church, what happens when stuff goes wrong? If our sense of identity belongs to the church, what happens when the church is no longer enough? I've walked a journey over the last year with some of my friends, people I've grown up with, closest friends. We grew up together, we all went to the same youth group together, we all went on missions trips together, internships together, baptised together. Like, we, I thought we had got Jesus slap bang in the middle and we're going for this. And we all went through a really difficult moment in our previous church where the church, people in the church let us down and we were hurt really badly by it. We just started dating, uh, me and Dan, that's who I'm pointing to. Um, (laughs) Me and Dan had just started dating. Um, I was living on my own. My family had moved away and I was finding that tough. And then stuff at church went wrong, and I was employed in the church at the time. And, uh, and the reaction to what happened has continued. This is nine years ago, and the reaction to what happened then is still working out. Those of us that had Jesus firm at the centre, those of us that said that we belong to Jesus, I've had therapy for it. We've worked through it. We've cried about it. I still have moments where I'm sad over what happened. But Jesus never wavered. My faith in him never wavered because he was consistent. And I didn't have to worry about him. Even though people were letting me down, he wasn't. And I could fully trust in him. But I've walked a journey over the last year, and this is where the tissues might need to come out where some of my closest friends are walking away from Jesus because the church hurt them. And Jesus is getting the blame for the stuff that went wrong. Because so often what happens is that we attach ourselves to something and forget to include Jesus in it, and then when it all goes wrong, it's all Jesus' fault. We like to have it both ways. But actually, we can't have it both ways. If Jesus is at the centre of our life, then the last thing we want to do is blame him for something that's gone wrong because we know that he's consistent and with us through that situation. But if Jesus isn't a part of our life and something goes wrong, well, you should have done something about it. You shouldn't have let that happen. You should have made sure that I was protected in this. And growing up, I was definitely taught in Sunday school sort of sessions that when you know Jesus, life is good. And when you don't know Jesus, life is bad. And so when bad stuff happened to Christians, what's the response? Well, it's Jesus' fault. Instead of being taught, and this is something that I am passionate about teaching our children here, that even as a follower of Jesus, life is hard, but Jesus is the same. Always. Consistent. You see, the church, 
our church, the church, is filled with people, good people, doing their best, giving their best, loving, serving, being generous, being kind, praying for one another. It's also filled with people who are broken, who sin, who mess up, who get stuff wrong, who ruffle feathers, who disagree with each other, who maybe have different ideas of what the Bible says about certain things or have different ways of thinking about things. That's all okay. But if our faith is only in the church, if our belonging is only in the church, then when feathers get ruffled, we walk away from Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that if someone in the church upsets you, you keep hold of Jesus and walk away from the church. It's not what I'm saying. Because the church was God's idea. The church is something in its purest form given to this earth to bring about God's kingdom in its purest form. But the caveat to that is that imperfect people fill the church. My granddad was on the phone to me yesterday and he said that his uncle had said to him, David, if you're looking for the perfect church, don't go because you'll be in it. And we're all imperfect. We all get stuff wrong. And, and I know as humans, we look at levels of wrongness. We go, well, that person's done that and that's really wrong. But that person only did that and it's not. We're all equal. Well, we've all equally sinned in the eyes of Jesus. And we're all equally loved by him. We can't work our way to his love. We can't undo his love. He loves us because of who we are, not because of anything we do, not because of how well we might preach or lead worship or serve in church. We are equally wanted and loved by him. And he put all of us together here. I often think, if it wasn't for Jesus, would I know my friend Diane, who's in my small group? If it wasn't for Jesus, would I have ever sat next to Russ Westfield? No. <laughs> he said no. <laughs> you are privileged to sit next to me, Russ. If it wasn't for Jesus, would this group of people ever exist together? Probably not. But we are imperfect and we do get stuff wrong and sometimes we hurt each other sometimes we make mistakes and sometimes that causes people to question who Jesus is to them because we're meant to be like Jesus but I'm not asking you to evaluate your behavior here I'm asking you to evaluate your where you belong. Do you belong just to the church or do you belong to Jesus? Because when the church lets you down, Jesus holds us firm. When the church, and I say the church, talk about individuals, when people make mistakes, Jesus gives us the grace to forgive. Jesus gives us the grace to move on. And I am an emotional person. I used to try and hide it. And God really challenged me a couple of years ago that he gifted me my emotions. 
And sometimes we feel so deeply for those around us. And we don't want to cause pain and hurt. And we don't want to feel hurt. I don't know about you, I don't like feeling hurt. But when my belonging is placed in people, that hurt takes over. That's all that matters. But when my belonging is to Jesus, he soothes the brokenhearted. He gives rest to those that are weary. And he gives us the grace, the compassion, the strength to move forward. And sometimes that might mean that we draw a line and go, okay, that something that's gone on means that I can't worship in this specific place, but Jesus is still at the center of my life. But sometimes it means we swallow our pride and we go, okay, how do we move forward? The church isn't perfect, but it should be the easiest place to find Jesus. It should be a place where Jesus oozes out of every pore, where Jesus is at the centre of our worship, of our preaching, of our kids' ministry, of our youth ministry, of our homeless projects. It should be at the centre of it all. It shouldn't just be a floating head somewhere else. It should be completely in the centre, at the middle of everything that we do. And our belonging should be completely tied into Jesus. I belong to an incredible church but if the walls crumbled if everything was taken away from us if one day we were told you can no longer meet in church who do you belong to didn't covid show us some of that covid showed us that there that there were times when people were like well I can't go to church so I'm not going to bother reading my bible I'm not going to bother praying because I'm not at church But actually, if all of that is stripped away, where do we belong? If we can't come here anymore, if we can't worship with friends and family, is our faith in Jesus or was it in church? Because as wonderful as the leadership team of this church are, as wonderful as the worship team is, we are not Jesus. Praise the Lord. only him and I have watched over the last year people I love intensely walk away from Jesus because the church disappointed them and I've sort of felt challenged by God he sort of laid this message on my heart a few months ago and I was sort of fighting with myself about whether I should be the one to bring this Because this sounds like the sort of thing that it should be a Russ bringing this sort of message. But when Jesus spoke to me about it, it was in the midst of heartache over friends that I was watching walk away. Because only Jesus is their eternal hope. And to walk away from Jesus is to walk away from his eternal hope for us. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus here and you sat there going, oh my goodness, this is intense this morning, you can just listen in. Or let your heart be stirred by what is being said. But if you are a follower of Jesus this morning, you say, I belong to Jesus. 
then my challenge to you is, where, do you belong to Jesus or do you belong to the church? Because so often the two get mixed up with each other. And, and that's not always a bad thing because the church and Jesus should be so intertwined that we sort of struggle to find one end from the other. They should be so intertwined with each other. But so often humanness gets in the way. We should be able to find Jesus here super easy. But sometimes we let the politics of church and the, the theological questions that plague us or we let that stuff kind of get in the way instead of sort of be guided by Jesus in the centre. And when our belonging is completely in him, when our security is in him, even when church, even when people, even when life happens and stuff is tough, Jesus doesn't change. We can be secure in him. Over the last few weeks, I've sort of struggled with my mental health a little bit and found myself not very well. And someone turned to me and sort of said, but Jesus is still good. And I could stand there and go, yes, he is. Because no matter what happens, he hasn't changed. My faith in him has never, ever wavered. Because it's not about whether life is good and it's not about whether we have things go perfectly for us. It's about him and serving him. My life should be a tribute to the love and faithfulness of Jesus Christ. I will do my best to serve him. I will get stuff wrong. I will make mistakes. I will have moments which I struggle. Yet Jesus should be completely slap bang in the middle. You can't escape it. Cut me open and there should be Jesus. That's what I want for my life. That's what we are trying to teach and instill into our daughter. That Jesus is central. Stuff goes wrong. Who do we turn to? Jesus. When someone upsets us or hurts our feelings, who do we turn to? Jesus. We have to deal with that stuff. I'm not saying that we just go, oh, it doesn't matter because I've got Jesus. We still have to deal with that stuff. If you have to go to therapy, do it. If you need to go and see a doctor and get medication, do it. If you need to have good people around you that support you and walk with you, do it. But Jesus should be completely central to all of that. Why do we do it? So that we can be more like him. Why do we strive to be more like Jesus? Why do we do our best to bring something of him on a Sunday morning and throughout the week and at different things that we do? Because we want this place to be like Jesus. It's good to be part of the church. But you need to belong to Jesus first. Without Jesus, well, what's the point? He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the author of all creation. And he chose us. What? I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to pray for those of us that 
are followers of Jesus. And maybe we have been for a long time. Maybe you've been a follower of Jesus for five minutes. Maybe you've been a follower of Jesus for 500 years. But sometimes we let stuff get in the way and let other things take over Jesus' place. We let the head start to detach from the body. And Jesus says, he will never be the one to make that call. He loves us. He wants us. He holds us. And so if you are a follower of Jesus, maybe it's time for us just to stop and go, okay, why am I doing what I'm doing? Am I doing it because it looks good? Am I doing it because it it sounds good? Or am I doing it because it's Jesus? Am I doing it because Jesus is at the center of everything? Am I doing it because the head is ruling the body? We are surrounded by incredible friends and family in this church. People that maybe you don't know and you you walk in the church and you go, well, there's so many of us. But there are so many incredible people here we are surrounded by. I, I am in a small group of some of the most incredible women who encourage and love one another. Can I just encourage you? small group is a great way to keep Jesus at the center because you know when stuff is hard I have a group of women that turn to me and go let's pray let's love on one another let's walk this journey together we have a I have a group of women that we sit in my living room and we talk about the stuff that's been difficult and then inevitably every single time one of those women talks about the faithfulness and the goodness of God and they remind me why we do what we do. So I'm going to pray for us, those of us that are followers of Jesus, that we would keep Jesus at the center, that we would not allow ourselves to get caught up in stuff that we forget, that we only belong to good stuff instead of belonging to a good God. And then for those of you that maybe don't know Jesus, maybe you do know him but you've never made a move towards living your life for Jesus belonging to Jesus making that decision is the best decision I've ever made I told you I was feeling emotional this morning Jesus has walked with us through valleys and on mountaintops and so if you are umming and ahhing about whether living a life belonging to Jesus is what you want let me encourage you it's the best decision you could ever make I'm not promising easy and I'm not promising for solutions I'm promising for a good God with an eternal hope and a God that will walk consistently by your side for the rest of your life so let's stand together as we pray Dear Lord, our good, good God, at the centre of all creation, creation sings of your goodness. It belongs to you. And we belong to you. And yet you gave us a choice. You gave us free will to decide whether we would continue to belong to you or whether we would make our own path. And Lord, we are sorry for the times we've got this wrong. 
We've sort of forgotten why we're doing what we're doing. But Lord Jesus, I pray for myself, I pray for others that feel the same. We would commit ourselves to you once again. To putting you at the centre of all things. That we would proudly and boldly proclaim that we belong to Jesus. That we are encouraged in a good church that does its best to follow you, but ultimately you are at the centre of all of it. And that even when stuff is hard, that we would turn our eyes to you and not turn our eyes away from you. That we would know your guiding and your love and your grace and your compassion over our lives. That you chose us. That you want us as yours. How privileged are we? Jesus for those in the room today that don't know you Lord would they just open up their hearts to you would they feel your peace and your wholeness over them that Jesus we would know as followers of Jesus that our lives are better with you than a moment without We can boast in, completely, in completeness because of you, not because of anything we've done. Lord Jesus, we love you. We worship you. We bring ourselves wholly back to you because only you matter. Would you help us to be obedient and gracious followers of you that we would make our world better as we serve you through serving the church as we serve you through serving our communities but we would always bring ourselves back to who we belong to Thanks for listening to this message from New Life in North Lincolnshire. To find out more, do visit us online at newlifechurch.uk or why not pay us a visit? We'd love to see you.